The following is brought to you with no commercial interruptions. Listen I like having my elbows on the table and I'm not doing it to be disrespectful. And who the fuck cares if that's how you've always done it? Yeah. It's like, oh, well, that's back in the 16th century when there were exactly. these weird ass plates and dogs around or yes. something. I don't know. You couldn't build tables, right? So you had to keep your elbows off. It's like, well, okay, well, we're not like that anymore. We can exactly do things better exactly. for everyone. Yes, exactly. Like, Learn what isn't serving you anymore and then let that fucking shit go and learn how to like tailor the stuff that still is kind of applicable so that it's like fully applicable and is like relevant and beneficial to your life. But just like doing these things we're supposed to do because someone has told us we're supposed to do them and that's just how society goes. Like, I don't want to fucking be a minnow. I'm sorry. If my if my path lines up with other people's path, cool. If it doesn't fucking cool, (laughs) I don't care. That's not the point is like just to fit in and blend out. That's so dumb. Anyway, sorry. Kind of got me. No, well, you okay. got me on no, one right can... now. <laughs> like I'm like fired up about it. Okay, well, let's take that energy. And, uh, yeah. I don't know, because I, 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 this kind of goes around some of the things I was thinking. It's like, mm, all or none. Mm, mm-hmm. Hey. Mm-hmm. That's kind of, hey. Yeah. I mean, I got some thoughts about that song. <laughs> All right, well, let's, uh, let's, let's get into it then. Wow. Welcome to Season 7, Episode 17 of the Better Band Podcast, an all-encompassing trip through every song in the Pearl Jam catalog. I am your host, Brandon Paloma. Each episode, I go track by track with a guest through every album, soundtrack, single, and B-side to discover why you simply can't find a better band. Welcome back to the Better Band Podcast. This is Brandon. We're here at the end of Riot Act with returning guest Deb McMurtry. Hello, Deborah. I'm so surprised that you picked me for this song. I think it's like the one <laughs> I put in every single category of like, what's your backup song? All or none. What about your third backup song? All or none. <laughs> I, and you did mention it on the last, I don't know, it was so long ago that we talked, right? Last time? Yeah, it has uh, been. Yeah, yeah. Probably like a year, honestly, because I think we weren't uh, too Not far. that long. It's been a month or it's been a couple months. Well, really? Yeah, I think so. Okay, maybe I'm thinking since <laughs> the first time we talked then. Oh, well, yeah, the first time we talked has been a while. Yes. But the last oh, time we talked. Yes. Between, yeah, it was, between uh, the lines, the what, lines. Yes, Crown of I got Thorns, you. Right? I got you. Yeah. yeah, I kind of mentioned it on that one too. Yeah. Nice. Well, <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Thanks for squeezing me in on this one. Oh yeah, no problem. Uh it is a song where Stone wrote the music and Ed and Stone came up with the words. So Stone probably had words and then it was like, eh, I like some of those and uh I like these ones instead. Mm-hmm. Some of here. So I always wonder how that collaborative process plays out. Like, man, if I could be a fly on the wall, because I'm so I'm such a lyrics based person. Mm-hmm. Like I've been and I'm a language based person really. Like I've been told many times by many people like oh deb's magical words um (laughs) (laughs) i guess that comes with you know having a mom as an ap english teacher your whole life so 
you know, you learn shit. But um, I've I've always been really curious, like how that that kind of a writing situation would go. Like I'd love to be a fly on the wall with like you know Ed and Stone being like, no, I should not say that, <laughs> or yes, it definitely should say this, or no, that doesn't make sense. It's probably I think one of two things. Either he'll look at it and he'll say you know what, this is real good. I don't think I can do better. So, you know, let's keep it like this. Mm -hmm. Or he'll look and he'll be like, ah, you know what? I don't want to, I'm too lazy. I'm, we're getting to the end of the record. I don't know about lazy, but it's kind of like, ah, this is, no, this is fine. This is okay. Good enough. Exactly. I still have to, I still have to write lyrics for these other songs over here. So, you know, that, that I don't have lyrics that there aren't lyrics for at all. So, you know, we'll, we'll keep this and I'll, I can focus on that other stuff. Well, and I would imagine that would be like a really touchy, um, vulnerable place to be in too, where it's like, what if there's just like this one line that like Stone wrote and means a lot to him and then Ed doesn't like, like, do they compromise? Do they just let it slide? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I would, I would love to see that process. Well, I think if you're, if, if you're giving it to someone, it's kind of like, oh, hey, you know, we have the song. Okay. It's like, and here are the lyrics that I wrote for it. If you're like, what do you think? Or if you're like, you could do whatever you want with it. Yeah. I mean, I I think that there's an understanding of, you know, if I'm giving this song to them and not like holding it back for like a solo project or something like that, it's not as precious. And it's kind of like, you know, I'm open and, and I know that he is a great lyricist and can, you know, make stuff better. So if, if he's got something better than I'm not going to say no because I like, you know, this thing instead. That's a really good point. I would almost imagine that Stone would have to be like, you know, there's an understanding that he, like you were saying, like I'm submitting this song knowing that Ed might change the whole thing, but I like the song enough that I think it's worth it. That's a good point. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of um, Footsteps and why is it blanking on me? Times of Trouble? Thank you. I'm like, I'm singing it in my head. I literally was singing that part in my head. I'm like, I don't know what it's called. What's the song? It goes, Times of Trouble. Oh, man. I gotta hold on to it. Yep. I'm like, I don't know what it's called. Yeah. So I, and I love, I love those two songs that are basically like, you know, conjoined twins of the same song. Mm-hmm. I love shit like that. Yeah. Gotta wait, gotta wait till next year when I, when I get in the Lost Dogs. Oh, I have some ideas on that one as well, of which I want. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, let's see. Also, fact, uh, the first time they played this was on the first Showbox show uh, that year, December 5th, uh, 2003. So not the, or 2002, uh, not the uh, December 6th show, which is what they made the DVD of. And I was, I guess, apparently supposed to be up at those shows. But to reference a previous conversation with you, um, I dodged a bullet oh. and ended up not up at those shows. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm really yeah, okay it's, with it's, that. It's all, as long as it works out in the end, I mean, that's... Oh, I'm happy. Yeah. I'm happy and we're silent, so it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. The only other thing is it's, it's kind of weird that they... At the Vic Theater show in 2007, which is uh, Vault Number 2, if uh, you have that on your shelf, mm-hmm. they opened the show with it. What the fuck? Did they really? Yeah. That's a bizarre opener. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, because then it's because it closed the uh, it closed that showbox show and then they opened it up with, uh, you know, years later with this, which is kind of weird. I think normally it's just kind of when they play it, it's kind of mixed around. And the, and... the Vic show is... 
2007, yes. right? Mm-hmm. And they opened with it there? That is so bizarre. Oh my gosh. Okay, because I've seen that they've played it 17 times. I've only seen it once. I'm glad I've seen it once at least because this song brackets. <laughs> so what, what what is it about the song then <laughs> that you were like, I gotta do it. I, 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 nobody else can get this. It's mine. <laughs> Back off. Why, why did I answer the same song three times in the little... Um, <laughs> in the little google form um okay it kind of goes back to the brackets thing again whereas i don't know if i have the words for it mm-hmm. um when i when i meet certain people i either like connect with them instantly or i'm just like oh whatever i'll be cool with them but there's you know whatever um and like i was saying i think last time we talked as well about there being like certain beacons on the planet like places that i feel magnetized to mm-hmm. um it's the same thing with songs and i i learned probably about 15ish years ago that i'm a sucker for waltzes mm, okay. like going yeah going back in the backlog of what i would consider my favorite songs pearl jam songs tori amo songs ani defranco songs bright eyes songs like Almost all of my favorite songs have that three, four timing, like the one, two, three, two, two, three, just like kind of like that drunken swaying that I think we talked about on the Tremor Christ episode actually as well. I think we talked about like the pitching and heaving kind of a feeling to the song. And this one, of course, is a waltz. Um, It's also um, a quieter song. Obviously, I like the rockin' songs as well, but I'm such a... Uh, I'm more of a sucker for songs that are sung. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, having grown up as a vocalist like my whole life, I like when they're, you know, the quieter, the softer, you can hear the tone, you can hear the range, you can hear when Ed jumps up the octaves and the really technical side of that more so than just like rocking out songs, which again, I obviously love as well. Um, but I like kind of getting technical in the vocals. So I, I think just between... The vulnerability and the softness of this song and like the rawness of the emotion mixed with the waltz mixed with, I know this is going to be the very unpopular opinion and I don't give a fuck. This is my favorite Mike guitar solo ever. Oh, yes. Like, oh my goodness gracious. The way this whole song is like, even and swayed and like has the little waltz cadence going to it and then the way that that note just like crackles in and just like puts so much texture on it oh my gosh and i was re-watching the video actually from madison square garden in 2003 Uh and i noticed that that song is like six minutes long live whereas on the record it's like four and a half and it's because mike plays a longer solo at the end and like there's some like jimmy page-ish like vibes like some zeppelin vibes to it at one point and then he has like um a certain pedal that's very like hendrix inspired which we know how he like pays tributes to those two guys especially a lot mm-hmm. but oh my gosh it's it's and it's definitely one of those guitar solos that's like um there's an ani defranco line where she says half of learning how to play is learning what not to play she's learning the spaces she leaves have their own things to say and that's exactly how i feel about this mic solo is like it's just enough but it's not like overly done there's enough spaces in there to like let it breathe and let it Mm -hmm. resonate and oh my god i don't i don't even know beyond that if i can explain why or how that just like rips my soul out through my throat like it does but it is it's up there in my favorite 
sure. And there is, I, I like a lot of the uh, the sort of keys that Boom is playing in it too. Just like adding that slight little layer too that you forget. It's kind of like, oh, you know, Riot Act is, you know, I am mine and uh, uh, Lobo Captain. So there's the uh, there's Boom all over on that. But you know, there's the the little bit. Right, and... but this is more of like a piano tone to it. Also, mm -hmm. instead of the organ tone, this is more of a piano tone. And I'm glad that you brought that up, actually, because I'm such a piano based person. Again, having played my whole life, <laughs> having my baby grand in my bedroom right behind me, which is <laughs> who would have ever guessed? That just I love that. <laughs> I have a baby grand in my bedroom, <laughs> but it's it's so well done, and just like the mic solo, like. It's in there enough, but it's not it's not overdone. Like you yeah. wouldn't think this is a piano song, but how the piano contributes to the overall piece is so fucking perfect to me. Like it hits the right notes at the right points with the right everything mm -hmm. without oversaturating it, I guess I would say. Um, and then you mentioned you were you were talking about uh uh singing and, and all that sort of stuff and the the dynamics of it and all and everything like that. Do you think that there's a reason uh lyrically or just to to change things up where he, you know, in the beginning of the song jumps that up? Yeah, or you know, he's singing the whole so hopeless and then to myself <laughs> and you know, he jumps up and it's kinda you know, I I do. I think that's very intentional. And actually, when I was going back um, and looking at the MSG, ow, <laughs> and looking at the <laughs> sorry, <laughs> looking at the MSG version, literally watching it on YouTube earlier. The only time I've ever seen it live was is that performance, and he he actually jumps up the octave earlier. Mm -hmm. He jumps it up at um, here's the selfless confession. Mm -hmm. And it it doesn't sit right with me. And then actually the band, I think, 
thinks that he's later in the song and they like kind of fuck it up musically really they really uh-huh. actually do because because you know the the line where he moved it in that show there's there's four lines four stanzas and then yeah where he usually does it is two and so they all like shifted on the two but there was still two more lines to go and it just it kind of fell apart a little bit which i think is hilarious but as far as the recording goes the album version of it I see it as so super intentional for him to jump that octave at that point, because I mean, even lyrics aside, it just it's so somber and like dark, not in like a like in a death way, but it's just like a very dark, heavy feeling. And even, you know, the the guitar strumming and the brushes on the drums and whatnot, like there's just a there's a very specific feel to it Mm -hmm. and i think that when he jumps up that octave on the to myself i surrender like it almost feels like a cry like Mm -hmm. like it really is a surrendering where like i just picture him like outside with his arms open to the sky being like what the fuck like i give up like i am giving up i don't know what else to do i (laughs) can never please myself or anybody else apparently like what the fuck but not like a whiny cry and not like a cry for help, but just like a pure emotion. And I think that, you know, we're, we're also used to Ed's lower register and especially on like the quieter songs. Um, it kind of it kind of takes me back to Nothing Man as well, yeah. where it kind of has that that same formula to the song where it starts out, you know, the lower register and the softer. And when he goes up, because it's it's not into a falsetto. No. But it's into just like this more clear tenor, like it it commands your attention. It really does. The same way that Ed does this thing with his voice at the end of um, Yellow Ledbetter on the recording that my brother and I used to always trip out on, like when he's holding that, oh, but it's kind of like in the back of his throat at the beginning. And there's a very specific point where it like blooms like a flower and his tone just gets crystal clear. And to this day, me and my brother, like, I still don't know how he does that. I wish I could do that. But it does it. it. When you have that clarity, when you have that octave jump, it just commands your attention and makes it makes you really re-engage with the song which i mean at that point it's probably two-thirds if not three-quarters into well it's probably like two-thirds into the lyrics part of the song yeah and it's just that you know like that one line like you said like or two lines or whatever to myself i surrender to the one i'll never please and then the last uh chorus it's like, but, but I still but the, try. I still try is still, yeah, that's still the octave up. Though. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't go back down to the lower register like he does the first two times he sings it. Yeah, and it, and it does sound more exasperated, I think, in that final chorus, too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It feels more helpless. Yeah. It, it feels like he literally says he surrenders. Like, it literally, this song feels like waving the white flag. To myself, I-
that might even be what plays into why this is my favorite mic solo as well. Because of that crackle, because of that grit that's in it, whatever combination of pedals and effects he's using is just so perfect because it's it's not as smooth and buttery and suede and bluesy like the rest of the song is like it it's scratchy and it comes in and it's abrasive and it just it feels like giving up mm-hmm. like surrendering like being all right what am i supposed to do now so then Man, is, this song. <laughs> <laughs> is uh do you get anything lyrically out of this then like what do you sort of think or get from it um so definitely the first section is a heartbreaker, of course, because as a person who has self-sabotaged uh, intentionally and unintentionally so many things in her past, like I can relate to it like really, really strong. Like sometimes I've been in situations where I'm like, am I fucking this up intentionally because I really don't know how I'm going to handle it? which, you know, I'm starting to believe that this hopeless situation is what I'm trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, dude, like everybody I've ever loved is like far away. And I always say like that might be a product of me being adopted, like yeah. having been far away from my biological people. And it's a pattern I've really recognized, I'd say within the last five, 10 years, especially where I'm like, okay, but Deborah, are you actually picking people that are far away, like on purpose? so that you can like have your pity party about nobody's here which mm-hmm. that's not true i have a lot of people here that i love and that love me but you know it's just getting to that that self reflective you know where where you are questioning yourself like am i actually getting what i'm reaching for and i i think those are some hard questions that that people maybe don't ask themselves enough because we're scared or even terrified of the answers as to why we do things i'm i'm so so huge on psychology of things not psychology proper like oh well carl young says this blah blah yeah. blah not <laughs> not that side of it but just like how the human brain works how humans hearts and minds are connected or disconnected i mean i've had a lot of disconnect in my own but just kind of figuring out what drives people i fucking love so the opening section is huge for me and then towards the end like we were just talking about with the octave jump Um, where he says to myself, I surrender to the one I'll never please, which is implying that he's the one that he'll never please. And I don't know about you, but I've been that person a million times. I've known a ton of people who are like that. Like we're never satisfied. Like we can never just be comfortable in our own skin. We can never just accept that like life is okay or that this is what we deserve or that, you know, whether it's good, bad or indifferent. Uh Um, I don't know. That just, it resonates so strongly with me. So then especially to be on the record, at least delivered in that higher octave and the higher, clearer register. Ugh, it's a sword through the chest. I love it. I love it. And I'm, I'm such an all or none person, which is weird because I'm, I'm not a very black and white person. I am infinite shades of gray type of person, but I also tend to swan dive into things because I'm either all about it or I'm not about it at all. So, I mean, even the title is just like, you're, you're going to get everything from me or you're going to get fucking nothing from me. Uh (laughs) And everything is not always all good. (laughs) I'm aware of that, but (laughs) it's just, ugh, I don't know. I don't know. The whole thing is something else. Um, going through this album, like I am, I've kind of gotten the, the feeling that the second half is the political half 
the the more political half of of the record you know you have the bush leaguer mm. green disease you know oh absolutely all that stuff. so yep, like yep 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 yeah oh, so oh, then i yep. like just Apple. for me like yep. trying to put this into context of that of that like i'm wondering if it's sort of like a political message like sort mm. of like okay we're here we want to change things is it is it all or none or are we going to get all or none? Like, I mean, are we going to try to change things or just give up if 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 we huh. can't get it? Maybe. I mean, because there is the, you know, uh, here's a selfless confession leading me back to war. So, you know, there's there's a little political sort yeah. of uh, yeah. uh, shadow there. Well, and it's interesting because I actually have a little question mark next to that on um, the thing that. I print it out because, of course, I'm analog and I like my notes. <laughs> oh, well, I, I, uh, today I'm wearing my I'm analog uh, fan club shirt. That's, I don't uh, have one of those and I need one so bad because I am so analog. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I've even told I tell everybody like, you know, they ask me what kind of technology I use in my classroom. I'm like, dude, I'm as analog as they come. Like, I don't want my kids in front of a screen. Like, give me give me glue and glitter and scissors <laughs> and construction paper like we need real world stuff anyways um so i have a question mark next to leading me back to war and it's really interesting because i never really looked at the whole um the whole record as you know this half is political and this half isn't and i've never even with that word war in there i've never looked at all or none through a political lens like i've almost felt like arc was the palate cleanser and then all or none was like the song they send you home to. Mm -hmm. um, but I had the question mark of leading me back to war because I was actually going to ask you, like, what what do you think that because that section is the one that I'm like, I don't know if I get it or I don't know if that makes sense to me. Like, I guess the only kind of war I've seen it as is like, again, shocking based on my own life experience, <laughs> um, like the war between my head and my heart, because like yeah. my heart knows one thing and my head knows another thing. and those typically haven't lined up but what do you think he means by that here's the selfless confession leading me back to war is the selfless confession the destinations line i don't know Can maybe help that our destinations are the ones we've been before like because i've kind of seen it as like you know all or none almost like a do you love how i just asked you a question and then kept talking so you couldn't answer sorry <laughs> <laughs> but wait before i forget this thought though really um like you know uh, like revisiting a relationship that may or may not be healthy for you. Like mm -hmm. you just something that you're so connected to that you just like kind of keep coming back to keep coming back to and you're all about it. And then like you pull away and then you're all about it and then you pull away. And the whole bullet that I dodged, I was talking to you about like that was very much our pattern mm -hmm. was very all or none, which is funny because this is the tour that we went to a million shows together on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like that, I've never really seen that word war as like political war i don't know what do you think about that yeah it could it could be sort of you know like in in you think of you know all or none it's kind of like well am i going to are, are we going to find ourselves back in the in the same situation so either i'm going to be you know with you or not right. so that's the that's the all or none you know either we're gonna yeah you can't half-ass shit sometimes with certain people yeah it doesn't work mm -hmm. so we're gonna go ahead and do this again and just be miserable together or you know are we gonna have none of that and have to find ourselves or you know but i also do like now that i'm looking at it through this you know political lens I can totally see this whole section as like, 
you know, history repeats itself. Yeah, it could be a, a direct... Can we help that our destinations are the ones we've been before? Like, we as humankind do not fucking learn our lessons. <laughs> and that's why we have to keep repeating them. Yeah. It, it could be a, huh. a direct reference to, you know, we're going to go back to war with Iraq again. Mm-hmm. You know, just like we, mm-hmm. you know, did with uh, with the first Bush. So... Right. Um, Is that it for the song? I think we covered it all. Um, I'm looking at my notes... And I think so. Okay. If anybody knows of the best live version of this song, I'd be interested in listening to that. Here we go. I think it's it's kind of hard. Well, the, the uh, on the album it it, it fades out, mm-hmm. and so like you know, I, th- I think that's probably another reason why the uh, the live versions can be a little bit longer. Also, you know, giving giving Mike a little bit more time to noodle around and stuff, and right, you can kind of ride that a little bit longer. Which is dumb of me to sit here and be like, oh, this is my favorite thing Mike's ever played. And then like, but I haven't sat and listened to them all. Like, dumbass Deborah, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, why Why not? There's only 17 of them. <laughs> Go listen to them. Yeah, if you, if, you, if, you, if you have that Nugs membership or something like that, you can pull them all up. That's Exactly. Yeah. Or if you have that Randy Sobel friendship. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you, uh, 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 what was it? Oh, what was it? What was that? Uh nickname i was calling him oh crap i can't remember oh i don't like know Schmand- 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 Mobile. Schmand- i don't know <laughs> i call That's i call myself amazing. sometimes like schmandin schmalomo uh who got a, be- who has a bootleg you can uh you know <laughs> would i be schmebra <laughs> <laughs> sure i don't like that actually <laughs> uh, it's funny though Oh my goodness. Yeah, I'm going to have to start digging through all the versions and then pick my favorite. Yeah, there you my go. Favorite solo. Uh, so Look at me, the teacher giving myself homework. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it kind of this kind of goes along then so I can I can ask you where are you at with Pearl Jam right now? Are you listening as much as you were? Do you listen more to uh bootlegs or albums or do you do you still feel as 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 passionate as as you once were? Are the are the flames dimming in the twilight of all of our <laughs> lives? <laughs> um, <laughs> I am very sentimental towards early Pearl Jam. Mm-hmm. I am very grateful for the scaffolding that I that it has provided me, the skeleton of which I have built myself around, so to speak. But recently, it's they. I have not connected with them the way that I used to, mm-hmm. um, and that's okay. It's not that I don't like what they're doing or that I'm complaining about what they're doing. It's just that the newer stuff doesn't resonate with me like the older stuff does. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's that's to be expected. Like that's life. Things change. Everything ebbs and flows. So honestly. I don't listen to them a whole lot. I will listen to the Channel 22 in my car whenever I figure out what the fuck my code is for my satellite radio because (laughs) my battery died and I don't know what it is and I can't get my glove box open without breaking it. Oh, no. It's bad. Yeah, like I need to go to the dealership and be like, all right, can you tell me what magic six numbers to press so that I can have my serious radio back? But um. Yeah, you know, man, the the newer stuff, it just doesn't resonate with me. And this also might be a really unpopular opinion, but like, uh, I even hate saying it out loud and literally on the record, but like Ed's voice kind of drives me crazy now. Like I've learned his techniques 
I like the way he the way he holds certain vowels, the way he has like the glottal stop on some certain syllable, like like it's so linguistically like uh I can see it. I literally can see what he says. And it's so much different than it used to be. And we all age. And of course, he drinks on stage. And of course, they play everything at sonic reducer speed now, which also drives me crazy. But I just I don't I don't hear the sonic whatever the fuck like I used to. Mm -hmm. But I aside from Tool and maybe Tori Amos, actually, um, I cannot think of a, a better band that oh, like what I did there. Better band. Um, I can't think of a better band that translates live for me. And, you know, in those moments when we're all sweaty in the GA section of Viejas Arena and we're meeting friends like Duke that we never knew we would need to know these people and, you know, whatever, like the connections that are made and the fandom and the camaraderie and the history and the all of it, all of it, all of it, like it all comes together in those live moments. But unless I was at those shows, they're kind of hard for me to listen to out of context. Mm hmm. Like I don't, I don't really find myself putting on Pearl Jam records like I used to. And you know, this might just be like a season of my life that I'm in. Like further down the road, maybe I'll put them on and they'll be extra, extra, extra sentimental and nostalgic. I don't know if that even fucking answers the question of where I'm at with Pearl Jam. No, no, it's like it does. I, especially besides Tool, like I cannot think of a live show that I would rather be at. And like I like I referenced earlier of them being the skeleton that I have built myself around. Um, that is 100 fucking percent true. But I don't have a lot of the new stuff. And that's OK. Yeah, they were they were they were there for you when you needed them. And absolutely. You know, maybe you, you just don't you don't need them right now. So you don't. But they'll be there when when if you need. them. Oh, absolutely. And it's so yeah. funny because my brother and I used to joke when we were, you know, little, <laughs> like teenagers, because our parents, it's a long story. Our family's complicated. Don't question it. But me and my brother were the same age. Not really, though. Whatever. Um, Our parents would go see like the Righteous Brothers in Laughlin, Nevada. Uh -huh. And we were like, we're going to be those 40 year olds that are going to be at Pearl Jam concert still. And like we're turned, we're both turning 42 this year. And we were both supposed to go see Pearl Jam together last year at the forum. And I was like, oh, my God, dude, we've totally. We were right. Yeah, we've become <laughs> what we said we were going to become. It's so weird. Like, how the hell did we get this far down our timeline already? Oh, geez. But, you know, I will, I will, I will move heaven and earth to make sure that I am in the room for Pearl Jam playing whenever humanly possible. Mm -hmm. For sure. And I am I am so appreciative of the life experiences that I've had because of this band. And even more than that, the people that I have met and have been fortunate not just to love, but to have love me back. Like they are the skeleton I've been, built myself around. It's that, it's that simple for sure. Hell yeah. Thanks for thanks for coming on and talking with me again. Thank you for having me again. No, of course. If I if I'm I, always if... willing. If if I if I didn't like talking to you, then I, I wouldn't extend the offer again. And that's not to say that people I haven't talked to that, you know, that, that you I like used right. to that I don't. It's just sometimes we just don't email and they, you know, all right. that other sort of stuff. So I've yeah, liked. No, sometimes timelines don't line up and they can't overlap. And that's, you know, no hard feelings. Yeah, at all. I've liked everyone I talk to, I think. Yeah. <laughs>
If I haven't, then, and if then you, those episodes have Then mis- you're glad you don't know it. Exactly. Yeah, those, those, those episodes have magically disappeared. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're all Maybe. so go back in the in the vaults and see if there's any yeah. songs, any tracks off of any albums that are missing. Uh, that used to be there and aren't there anymore. It's like, oh, I found out this person is a Nazi. So erase. Oh, my God. You're hilarious. <laughs> erase. <laughs> That's the best. Well, um, if this ever gets erased, if I ever <laughs> see all or none missing from You'll your know catalog, what I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it personal. <laughs> <laughs> so great. Well, no, for sure. Anytime, um, if I if I have a song I'm dying to do again, I will make sure that I submit it in all three questions. <laughs> <laughs> all right, try <laughs> to game the system. <laughs> and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But hey, you gotta try, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. You got to try. Don't give it all or none. Exactly. It's not like do or do not. There is no try, you know? Nice. Well played. Well played. And I'm very happy to be rounding out this record because this record is very significant to me. And that tour especially is very significant to me. So thank you for letting me do it. I appreciate it. Hell yeah. No problem. Better Band Podcast is produced by ListenUpReno.com and Brandon Paloma and published using a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 4.0 license. Please visit creativecommons.org or email listenupreno at gmail.com for more details. All music played is owned by their respective publishers and copyright holders and is reproduced for review purposes only under fair use. You can subscribe to the Better Band Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or from betterbandpod.com using your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at BetterBandPod. I am on Twitter at Brandon P, B-R-A-N-D-E-N-P. If you like the job I'm doing here, you can go to ko-fi.com slash Brandon P and leave me a $3 tip. Or give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to tell your friends. If you would like to be a guest on a future episode, send an email to BetterBandPod at gmail.com or send me insights and stories you'd like to share and I'll read them on the season finale episode coming up next. Again, I'd like to thank my guest, Deborah, and as always, this is Brandon saying, volunteering is for suckers. Do you know that so-called volunteers don't even get paid?